Welcome, Soul Sister, to Her Soul Lace Podcast. This is your host, Jillian Baez. On this podcast, we talk all things healing and help women evolve and renew themselves to reach their best self. We will cover topics such as inner work, health and wellness, self-love, entrepreneurship, and so much more. So if you're ready, light yourself a candle, grab your favorite drink, sit back, and enjoy. Hey Soul Sisters, welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I have my coach Stephanie sharing with you all what it means to manage your emotions, how to deal with your inner child, and how to begin this healing work. So if you're interested, just keep on listening. On today's episode, I have my wonderful coach Stephanie, and I've been wanting her to jump on the podcast for such a while now just because she has so much wisdom, so much experience. She has been my mentor, my number one to guide me through this inner work and inner healing. And so I wanted to share her with you all and just have her share some gems through this inner work. So I'm going to have her uh, introduce herself, tell you who she is and what she does. And I'll give you the floor, Stephanie. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you, Jillian. I'm so, so honored to be on your podcast. And I'm um, just really grateful, just side note, that we have been able to work together and just see your evolution so far and everything that you've created from the moment we started working together and how so many of those things became a reality in your physical reality from your inner world outside. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, um, that was a little side note. I just had to give some little uh, note to my, to my girl. Um, but I'm Stephanie, and basically, I'm an emotional spiritual coach who helps women process their unprocessed emotions. You know, I for me, it's really important to teach women or just people in general how to feel and process their emotions because it is part of the human experience and what makes us human, and it's the one thing that so many of us run away from. So that's really my mission to just get people really in touch with their emotions. Um, and through doing that, you're able to then start to get more in tune with your higher self and begin to live life from your soul and live more on purpose. So that's what I'm about. Yes, I love it. And you're so right. I feel like dealing with your emotions, I think is something that goes unsaid and really a lot of people feel like they don't need to deal with them. But I'm telling you, once I did this work, it really changed my life from the inside out. So I love that you do this work. It's so powerful, so profound. And I know so many people can benefit from it. One of the first questions I had for you, because I know a lot of this starts from childhood, right? So a lot of people have unprocessed trauma and unprocessed emotions from very young ages. And I know that they say like in science from ages one to five, we're like sponges, we're like people are really just living through their subconscious mind. So can you tell us a little bit about what can happen throughout those ages and how that can impact us in later in our adult life? Yeah, so definitely you're super correct. Um, so pretty much just think about the during the first two years of a newborn's life, the brain is functioning at like the lowest level of brainwave, which is delta, uh, delta, excuse me. And delta is pretty much the brain waves that are running while we're sleeping. So usually about until the ages of two, um, newborns are pretty much in the sleep state. That's why children at this age, they sleep so much because literally their brain activity is running at this uh, wavelength. And then after the ages of two until about, I say, they say five or six, 
a child begins to move into what is called theta um, wavelengths, which is basically the dream state. So that's the kind of the wavelengths that we're in when we are dreaming or we're, when we are just about to fall asleep. So pretty much you can simply put it that during the first few years of a child's life, they're basically walking around in this constant state of hypnosis, right? So they don't yet possess like full consciousness, which what does that mean? That means that they don't really have the ability to analyze, assess, think, judge, or like really reason any incoming information from their environment because all of the new information is pretty much bypassing uh, their conscious filter and it's going straight into the subconscious mind. And this is such a neat thing that um, nature, you know, and the universe has created this experience and us in this way because when you think about it as a child growing up, there are hundreds and thousands of like little details that we have to learn. And in, in order to just be able to function in society, to be able to function in a community, um, so being able to operate in these states of like Delta and Theta allows you to pretty much learn everything subconsciously for these first few years. So everything that you're picking up from your environment is going straight into your subconscious. There's no thinking, they're analyzing, there's no rejecting. So a child, this is why they say they are sponges, because literally in that time, a child is accepting everything. Everything is just going and being stored into their subconscious mind. Um, and so you, you ask, like, how does this impact us, right? Yes. So think about it. If you're collecting everything, if everything's just going to the subconscious mind, then during that time, that is also the time that we are developing three of our main core beliefs, which is our core beliefs about ourselves. So as in our childhood is where we gain our sense of who we are as a person, you know, and this comes from the people in our environment and what they taught us about ourselves. So depending on the experiences that we had in our childhood, it's going to determine if we feel that we're lovable or we're unlovable, right? We're going to, we're going to create beliefs about ourselves. We're smart, we're stupid, we're worthy, we're not. We also develop develop a core belief about others. So our childhood teaches us about other people. Are other people good? Are other people evil? Do people do things to hurt people on purpose, right? And all of this goes back to depending your environment and the experiences you had. Wow, that's um, so good. <laughs> You're taking and, notes. <laughs> and, and the last belief that we form is about the world. Um, so depending again on our, our environment, we are creating beliefs about what the world means. Is the world a safe place? Is the world nice? Um, is it scary? And it just depends, again, on your experiences. And all of that information that you were absorbing on a subconscious level um, during that time. So then you have those three core beliefs, but then in between those beliefs, you have all these other little sub-beliefs that get developed about sex, about money, about health. And that is what becomes the blueprint of our life. It's like basically the template that we end up playing out in our adulthood. And that's what's going to determine how and um, pretty much what and how you're going to experience this reality, how you're going to show up in the world because based on, on your template. 
Mm-hmm. That is so good. And, and I think the big thing about it too, right, is like you said, that word, the blueprint, we get the blueprint at such a young age. And if we're not conscious enough into our adult life to literally, if those beliefs no longer align, being able to then re teach ourselves something different. And I think that's where you come in and doing this work, right? And being able to sometimes we have to reprogram ourselves and reprogram our minds and being able to go back into that time and process those emotions that we unconsciously experience that are still impact us now in adult, in adult life. That's so good. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. We are on a journey of really like unlearning and becoming ourselves because if you think about it, like most of us were not passed along all of the possible views that exist about life and this reality. You know, we were passed down subjective beliefs based on the people around us, what they believe, what they experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is definitely that journey of, of becoming and unlearning, like you said. Yeah, amazing. So as we're talking about children let's talk a little bit about inner child because I know that was something very new to me when I started working with you and I don't know if a lot of people in my audience know exactly what that means but it's definitely something that helped me through my journey with you and really being able to connect to my inner child the younger Jillian and really process all of those things that I went through when I was whatever age um, where I kind of I want to say like you're kind of stuck there sometimes Um, in that age, if you haven't fully processed anything. So can you tell us a little bit about what is healing your inner child and like what that is? And what are some signs that someone may need to start healing their inner child? Um, Okay, this is a really good question. So there's a couple of things in here. So let's just start by what is the inner child? Because the inner child can be a very abstract concept. Mm Um, but pretty much just think about it as like within you, um, and this is something, you know, I, I teach my clients and in my program is like pretty much you have an inner child that's inside of you and you also have what, it, what is called like the adult self. So the, the way that I kind of learned this is that you want to look at your inner adult as your la- logical thinking part. So your the adult is the part of you that's collected like all of this knowledge throughout all of these years of experience of being alive in, in this world, right? So you can say that your adult self is then um, the aspect of your personality that is learned. Another way to look at it is that it's your intellect. It's your left brain. It's like logical, analytical part of you. It's conscious, right? Because a child (laughs) doesn't have uh, logic and reason and all of that. So when you are born, you have no like world adult experience, but the moment that you are born, your adult self starts to develop alongside you. And so your inner child then is the aspect of you who is pretty much like, think of it like your natural state. It's who you are before you knew experience. It's the part of your personality that's soft, vulnerable, it's feeling oriented. So your inner child is all about feeling, all about being it's like your right brain it's your creative aspect and um in psychology they say too like the um unconscious is what represents like the child that you once were so the inner child is just your natural state it's who you are like before you (laughs) were put on all of these beliefs and things it's just your natural essence right yeah right 
but obviously you are learning part of the experiences is you have to learn how to be an adult but as you're growing up and you're learning how to do adult things like choosing your own clothes deciding what foods you like asking for help who are you learning to be an adult from you're learning from the people around you from the other adults around you yeah um so pretty much that's kind of like the inner child. The inner child is always inside of you because it is your natural state. It's that free flowing, you know, think about children. Like children are not worried. They're not analyzing. They're not worried about what people are going to think. They're just in the moment. They feel they do. They feel they do. They feel they do. So it's not such an abstract concept. It's just you. But then what happens is that as we have these experiences, that inner child gets wounded. There's these mm-hmm. wounds that are created. And, and if they're not properly dealt with in the moment, if you don't have conscious and aware parents who can um, like catch the moment that like something happens, there's a situation or a wound is created and they don't take the proper steps to try to heal, right. to help the child, then those wounds kind of fester. And then whatever you don't deal with in your adult, like in your childhood, you're going to carry over in your into your adulthood and you're going to continue to play it out in unconscious way until you heal it. So in many ways, then that inner child that is like so pure becomes wounded and it's and it also starts to hold like your inner child holds all of your unmet needs and all of your repressed childhood emotions. Mm. So even though it holds all of these positive things, whatever negative experience you went through and you didn't have a chance to process because sometimes like you, you know, this from experience, it's like when you're in survival mode, you're as a child, you're just trying to survive. Yes. So you don't have sometimes time to process these painful or traumatic experience that you went through. You're just in survival mode. So then your job as you get older is to now try to consciously heal these wounds. Mm. Um, and so, so that's, pretty much like what the inner child is well you explained it beautifully and and it's right what you said I think sometimes people think it's such an abstract thing but it really is just the essence of who we are and then once we go into adulthood that's when we start to you know pick up on all these other things but it was beautifully said beautifully explained and I think for me um, when I was working with you it was such a powerful thing where I was able to connect with myself back to that time where I felt like a lot of things were you know, I was really hurt and people even I still remember, I remember working with you conversations that people or comments people had said to me that really hurt my feelings at I don't know, I could have been like, seven, eight years old. And it still bothered me. And so it wasn't until doing this work that I was able to move through those emotions and really go back and heal myself. So it's powerful work. And I think with me as well that we spoke about was, I usually had my inner child before my adult self. So like I would let my inner child take control of my life and have like the driver's seat, if that makes any sense. Um, And I think a lot of us who are, you know, unhealed also have that too, where I would, I was very impulsive sometimes make impulsive decisions, which is what a child would do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how a lot of us, a lot of us operate with our inner child in the driver's seat. Um, You know, in relationships, it plays out when the child who didn't have the validation, maybe was abandoned early on, didn't have love. So then you start to look for love in all the wrong places. And then you let your inner child make the decisions for you when it comes to love. Mm -hmm. Um, 
your your inner child is the one that has tantrums that gets offended and makes impulsive so it, it happens to so many of us and it's just learning that you know we just have to work with our inner child we need to heal it and pretty much like bond with our inner child so that we can come into like wholeness so we can become like 360 because really what it is it's just call it what you want it you can call it inner child you can call it unconscious what whatever terminology it really just comes down to when um, the way that this human experience is built is that we are born and then we gather all of these energetic traumas you know we are energy beings and then something happens someone abandons us someone abuses us someone tells us something mean so think about it we get we start getting all of these scars on our energetic uh field and and then these things have to be healed we have to remove them otherwise these are the things that we're constantly attracting into our life because um they're gonna they, they're never gonna go away if we don't heal them because yeah. that's the whole purpose of this experience we're here to evolve and to ascend and this is the way that the game is played or how it's set up this reality it's like we go become through this whole, right? exactly so it's to come whole it's to come back to ourselves to experience what it is to be human and and then eventually get to a place where you heal yourself to the point that you start to lead with your soul Mm. you know you and rather than your personality you align with like your soul's purpose I guess and who you are in essence yeah I love it um so good I love it as we're talking about trauma let's talk a little bit about how unprocessed trauma can have physical effects on our bodies and I've heard this a lot but I just wanted to hear from you does that have any impact on our physical bodies and if so like what are some of those effects does it does it have on us yeah absolutely because what we have to realize is that everything is energy okay um we're not just our body we're really um energy we're we're like our we're made out of a body of light we're energy beings yeah. made out of light and frequency and everything in the entire universe is alive it's a form of energy so thoughts our energy, emotions are energy, um, beliefs have energy, everything has energy. Mm. So emotions are our information, it's energy emotion. So the whole purpose, like emotions don't really mean anything in the sense of like there's no story. We attach stories to it. There emotions are just your it's just information. It's always guiding you to something. So what happens is that there is a cycle that this energy has to flow like an emotion is just an energy current that's going through your body right mm -hmm. so what happens is that most of us because we haven't been taught to feel our emotions and because emotion is painful it's literally a physical sensation that happens in your body yeah and that's the reason why we avoid it like we feel anxious and our chest starts to tighten you know we get we feel fearful the stomach starts to get tense up right yeah. maybe you have diarrhea or whatever <laughs> your, your body, body will react yeah your body will react and it's uncomfortable and painful so what we do is this is where neurotic tendency compulsive behaviors addictions consumerism get developed because we do all of these things in order to avoid sitting with the sensation because mm. it's too uncomfortable but mm. it's literally just a sensation that if we just learn to sit in it 
without attaching a story to it, then we can let it go through a cycle. It's, 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 it's just energy current that needs to filter out of your body. But what happens is that because most of us don't allow ourselves to go through the process of like feeling our emotions completely, just sitting with them, which is pretty much sitting with the sensation, mm. not the story. Um, then what happens is something is going to block the flow of information inside of your body. And so if you don't let the energy flow in your body, what happens is going to create energetic blockage or stagnation. Mm. So the energy has got to go somewhere. So if you're not feeling it, you're not processing it, it's going to get stuck. So for example, they say like fear goes into your kidneys, anger gets stored in the liver, grief gets, um, lives in like your lungs, I believe. Wow. So most, I, I believe, and I know that like um, Eastern medicine, you know, they, they talk a lot about this with the meridians and, and the organs and all of that, is that a lot of physical illnesses, I believe that they find their root in repressed emotions. Yeah. Like everything starts on an emotional level before it manifests. That's true. You know, and then obviously there's other components like our environment and the foods we eat. But really, if you think about it, everything is energy. Mm -hmm. And so we're just energy beings, you know, and I can tell you from firsthand experience that when I went through an experience after my travels, it created a shit ton of shame for me. And I it was the first time that I did not process like. I just didn't do my own work because it was the first time I experienced shame to that degree. And I wasn't ready to like feel it, deal it, tell myself the truth. And my body reacted so fucked up. My body got so fucked up with all the shame that I literally developed IBS. Wow. For a year, like my whole stomach started bloating. I was TMI, but I was so fucking gassy. Mm-hmm. I, I, couldn't go to the bathroom. I had all these IBS symptoms. I went to doctors. They're like, there's nothing we can do. You have to live with it. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> right. What do you <laughs> mean? Sorry. <laughs> but, and, but I, I knew, but my body felt dirty because I had all this shame in my stomach. Wow. And I remember that I got pregnant before my wedding and I still hadn't dealt with the shame. It's something I still hadn't processed. I hadn't talked about it. And I just remember, I was like, there's no way this pregnancy, and I had never been pregnant ever before. That was my first time. Wow. That I was like, this pregnancy is not going to hold. I was like, this, my body, I, I felt your body dirty. sustain, yeah. I felt dirty being in my own body because I just felt like that shit was dirty. Right. And I'm like, there's no way I can create life in a space that's that. And so w- what ended up happening was, was I, I just started doing the work. So the moment I started processing my emotions, I started you know, releasing, telling myself the truth, combined with acupuncture, mm-hmm. um, I got better and I stopped my IBS symptoms um, left. And then um, I got married and then two months later I got pregnant again and I had my son. Wow. Because it was the perfect timing. And, and it's so, I think the biggest thing with that, Stephanie, is really having that self-awareness. When you have that self-awareness, when you know that you're not, you're not dealing with the stuff because you knew you wasn't dealing with it. And so you took that conscious effort to do something about it. And I think that's where we really have to start is being, having that self-awareness and then being able to literally 
allow ourselves to do something different. And I talk up, I spoke about this recently on my Instagram, but it's, we have to start doing things differently that we've never done before in order to get different results. And it's beautiful. I think this work here is very new to people and it's something that people really need to look into because it really will heal so many people. Um, and it starts with all that self-awareness. And I think when, when you say, you know, like healing with those emotions, you have a beautiful way of being able to feel through your emotions. I think it's the roadmap to your feelings. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Roadmap to your emotions. And it's really seeing it, feeling it and just all of that. And, and I think, you know, your workbook has it outlined beautifully, but I think that will give people a start to move through all that. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, 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 the first step is awareness it's just being really aware like for a long time i didn't really appreciate um i I didn't really sorry i was getting the call i didn't really appreciate the ability to do what it is that i did like i didn't even know that i was good at feeling my emotions and that it was a gift um until i had a mentor once pointed out and be like you know how many people like can't do can't do that um and I think it was because early on as a child, I grew up in such a volatile environment. And as I now know, like I'm, I'm a clairsentient, so I feel emotions like to the 10th degree. Mm-hmm. And um, so I grew up in a very volatile environment on top of like the fact that I'm constantly feeling information and emotions. And I grew, growing up felt like I was out of control. I used to think I was literally like crazy. Like there was something wrong with me because sometimes my emotions took over me so much to the point that I, I, I couldn't control them. Like yeah. I would have these outbursts, like I, it, it was bad. And I hated the feeling of not being able to, to control mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the surge of energy that would just rush into my body. Um, and little did you know that was your gift to help yes you. <laughs> I know I because I remember I was like what what what's my gift it's not to, I knew I did something because yeah. I'm like I was so like good at being able to read people's emotions like I could be sitting with someone and all of a sudden start feeling what they're feeling or wow. like having their thought forms come into me um, but now I can identify it but it's like what you said it's really about having the awareness and then it's about really being able to just sit literally sit with the sensation like Mm. where where do you feel the feeling what color is it do you feel it in your stomach it's just quieting yourself and feeling with it and then whatever thoughts are coming in let the thoughts come in but don't you don't have to buy into it like don't run just observe them but more than anything connect to your breath connect to your body and sit with the sensations as much as you want to distract yes just sit and you'll see how powerful it is because it's not gonna last forever it's it's gonna pass and then you're able to say woof you feel a release yes (laughs) go through your body absolutely I I did it firsthand with working with you and that's why I'm so um I just know this this works and so I definitely know you have to feel into it and I'm trying to do that you know teach a lot of people that as well it's just sitting with yourself and for me as well I used to live in my mind more than my body and I remember you always used to tell me get out of your mind live into your body get into your body because I was that person who was all the notes all the to-dos all the goals all of this and I was never just sitting with my body. And once I learned to do that, I've been better able to just center myself, ground myself, and make better decisions, right? Once you're grounded and better able to um, manage yourself. 
For sure. Exactly. Yes. Love it. Let's talk a little bit about forgiveness work, because that's also a big part. I know a lot of us say like we're over stuff. It could be, you know, comments or even relationships, which is a common one. And we say we're moving on or like we moved on physically, but a lot of us haven't moved on emotionally. So how can someone begin doing that forgiveness work? And what are the benefits do you say? Well, when it comes to forgiveness work, it all comes back to realizing that number one, forgiveness is, it's never really about the other person. Mm -hmm. It's always about you. Um, And forgiving doesn't mean that you're excusing like another person's actions or behaviors it's really a space for you to clear out energy. It's accepting, forgiveness is accepting like reality. Okay, this happened. And then now finding a new way to see it and to move through it. And a lot of times I think it's very easy. This is part of the victim mentality and part of our evolution and our ascension process is realizing that no one ever does anything actually to us. I mean, with the exception, you have people who are psychopaths and kill and do things like that. But that's like a very small percentage. In in reality, most people don't really intentionally do things to hurt you. Like even when someone cheats on you, you know, it's not really about you. Mm. It's about them. It's about them trying to get their needs met. When somebody lies to you, it barely ever has anything to do with you. It, It has to do with them, with them maybe not feeling safe enough to be able to tell you the truth. You know, it has to do with their own fears, with their own traumas, their own insecurities. Remember how we talked about everybody's walking around in their energy bubble with all of this energetic trauma attached to them. And so if you're not healing that, then you're going to, you are unconsciously going to act out of these places that you may not want to. Like how many times, like I know that there's times I've hurt people that I didn't intentionally mean to hurt. Um... And so I think that's the first step is just realizing that it's, ne- it's never really about you what people do. Mm. And even if somebody does intentionally hurt you, um, again, the forgiveness process is for you. Yes. And so I think that when you can look at it that way and you realize that you free yourself because when you're holding on to grudge, when you're angry, when you're in that victim mode, like feeling that you wronged me and and you think that holding on to a grudge is gonna punish someone else, it's not, it keeps you stuck. It's blocking you, yes. It's blocking you. I think, actually, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned, and actually it's one of the qualities about me that I I like the most, and and it's a gift I feel, and I give it because it's a gift that I want people to give me, even though it doesn't always work that way. (laughs) But I am a very, I'm a person who really easily forgives. I don't hold on to grudges. Mm. Um, And I learned that early on because growing up, I had so many resistance with people and friends, and I was always finding myself in some sort of drama Mm -hmm. and, and doing shit that I'm like, I didn't really do it. People getting mad at me all the time. And for me, I just realized like, yo, it has nothing to do with me. It's like their own traumas, their own drama, internal stuff. So when I don't make it about me, it just, it frees up. And what it does, it creates so much inner peace inside of you. And the moment I experience peace for the first time in my life inside of me, I vowed that I never wanted to ever lose that again. And so I try very hard 
to clear out things that is going to disturb my inner peace. Mm-hmm. And it is, that's so, that's so good how you said it too, is like that block because once we, and this is with all of this, the forgiveness work, healing the inner child, moving through your emotions, it's really, once you are able to move all of that, it's just bullshit. Like all of the shit that you're just stacking up in your body and your mind, you make room for the new. And that's what began to happen when I did this work with you. Like things just started to happen in my life. Things just started to move in. And it's not like, you know, by coincidence, but things purposely started to come to me because I had done the work and I allowed myself and gave myself that space for new opportunities to come, for new people, for new relationships, for new love, and for me to experience it in a different way because I removed all of that block that I had. Yes, exactly. That's a great point. Yes. And that's, you know, that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients now because we don't realize that there's so much hurt, there's so much resentment, there's so much unforgiveness that we hold on to. And that is energy, that's mental bandwidth that you're using up that could be used for something else. Because again, if we remember that everything is energy and that your real currency in this reality is your energy. Mm-hmm. And whatever you're feeding, whatever attention or wherever your focus is consciously or unconsciously is what you're investing in. So, so many of us, like I have, I have clients who I'm working with and there is a buildup of blockage, but it's because there's like relationships, for example, that they're hurt, that they haven't processed, that they haven't let go of. And that is holding a shit ton of space and blocking them from what they want. And with you, you know firsthand that the moment we started clearing out a lot of that stagnant, unprocessed energy, and you were able to really go through the process, how the moment it cleared up, you brought in new things into your life, like you just yeah. said. Oh, so. girl, I was manifesting left and right as soon as that happened. <laughs> I was ready for all, I had all the good energy and all the good, listen, I was like, okay, I can manifest this and this and this because I had done all the work. <laughs> So it's it's powerful. It really is. And that's the only way for you to really get in alignment with all of those things is to move through all of the bullshit, basically. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) The next piece I want to talk about, and it'll be the last piece, is vulnerability. That's a big one um, that I think a lot of people struggle with. I definitely had a hard time with vulnerability. And um, what's, what advice do you give for someone struggling with being vulnerable in relationships, with friendships, just in life? Like, what, where can they start with that? Because it definitely can hold them back in a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. Vulnerability is, is huge. And, and vulnerability is such a huge part to doing this work and to really being able to um, become who you truly are. Um, because many of us, we weren't really taught how to express our emotions freely, you know, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason in our home situations, maybe childhood trauma, parents didn't express their emotions, whatever it was, a lot of people have grown up stifled and bottled up. Mm -hmm. So the first way is first, you need to know what vulnerability really is. So vulnerability is consciously choosing to not hide your emotions or desires from others. Love that definition. So like the moment that you can really start to freely express your thoughts, your feelings, your desires, your opinions, regardless of what others think, that's pretty much you being vulnerable. So that can look like putting yourself in a situation where you know you can possibly get rejected. So maybe you like someone, 
but you don't really know how they feel about you. And so you put yourself out there by maybe sharing how you feel or letting them know that you admire them or that you like them. You have the possibility of getting rejected, right? Right. But you do it anyways, or you say a joke that may not be funny. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's being vulnerable is really about being authentic in how you feel in the moment, even though you never really know how someone else is going to feel about what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And it could mean that their feelings or their thoughts may not match yours. But having the courage to to still be vulnerable, right? And I think that the way that you can start practicing vulnerability is first you have to work out your own feelings. Like you gotta know who you are. You got it because you can't be vulnerable with someone else if you can't be vulnerable with yourself. If you can tell yourself the truth about what it is you want, about what it is you desire, what it is that you fear, it's gonna be really hard for you to do that with someone else. Mm-hmm. So everything always comes back to thyself. Like you have to first build that relationship with you. So work out your feelings first, start small, and then you can start to practice taking these small steps of being vulnerable with the people in your life. Um, you know, asking for what you want, asking for your needs and things like that. But again, it comes out with figure out how you feel, figure out what it is you want, mm-hmm. what I, it is that you think, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing that holds us back that you mentioned is just the fear of rejection that people are just like, nope, I don't know what people are going to say. I don't know how they're going to react. So they'd rather just not say anything. And that can just create a lot more tension and a lot more, again, we're talking these blocks. And so once you, I love that you said building that relationship with yourself first and then being able to practice that with other people is so important. Yeah. And one thing I want to point out based on the, the fact that you just said that about um, emphasize rejection again, is like, yeah, and then we got to think about something else. Again, we all go back to everything is energy, right? So we're all energy beings. We all have our own energy signature. We're vibrating at specific frequencies. So that also means that you have to realize that even when someone rejects you, like it doesn't mean anything about you. Not everybody's energy is going to mesh with your energy. It's not meant to. Mm-hmm. You're not meant to be congruent with everyone. Like your energy is not going to mesh with everyone. So and it, so if you can look at it from that way, it's like somebody rejecting you it has nothing to do with you. It's just like your energies don't match. Right. That is it. And it's not meant to. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful for anybody who's afraid of rejection, but it's just realizing like, you have people that you're going to vibe with on an energetic level and some people that you're not and it's not really about you Mm -hmm. and once you get comfortable with yourself you're better able to deal with rejection you know like you're no longer taking it personal like you said and i think um there's this book that i I think it's called the four agreements um Mm -hmm. i love that book where it talks about like stop taking things so personal because not everything is personal and when we take things personal that's when we just try to like you know, stand back and not really put ourselves out there. And so that's a, a good point. Yep. I love it. <laughs> All righty. So I'm going to end here with uh, what is your advice for someone wanting to do the inner work, but is kind of skeptical or has questions? What is some advice for those people? Advice for someone who wants to do the inner work but is skeptical. Um, I don't know what there is to be skeptical about because this this isn't even some like woo-woo stuff, even though for me, you know, I am spiritual and I do incorporate a lot of spiritual practices in it. 
but regardless of whatever you believe in, the inner work is just really about personal growth. It's about becoming who you really are. Um, It's the unlearning. It's coming back home to yourself. And that is what all humans want. Like we are all wanting to be able to know that we matter. We want to be validated. And, um, and in, and in doing that, we have to realize that there's so many of us, like, we don't really know who we are. We, there's, like, everything that we do is because we're just trying to be liked. But why are we trying to be liked? Why are we trying to get validation? Is because we're, we're wanting to find freedom in being ourselves. Mm. But when you go around it from a wounded aspect and trying to get your needs met outside of yourself, you're always going to be disappointed disappointed and you're never going to really find that fulfillment your life is always going to feel like something is missing because what is missing is you your connection with yourself because that is the most important connection that you can have no one and nothing outside of you will ever fill you in the way that you being so full of yourself will feel like like I remember I heard this Oprah once said that she used to get offended when people would say you're so full of yourself And as she grew in her consciousness, she realized, no, like, of course, like, I want to be full of myself. That's right. You want to be full of yourself in your spirit, because that is when you can give, you know, to the world. And that is when you are truly free. Freedom is a state of mind. It's a state of being. Um, And so if that's not a reason to do the inner work, then I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need right there. (laughs) Seriously, it's so liberating. It is, it is true freedom. And once you build that relationship and awareness and just all of these things that you gained, so many tools that I gained from working with you that I'm now able to be like, oh, I'm Jillian's feeling like this. Okay, I'm going to take this out of my to go. <laughs> I'm going to do some meditation today. I'm going to do some journaling. I'm going to feel if I got to cry, right? And, and so you'll always have that for a lifetime. And we're always, you know, life is never stagnant. It's never the same. There's highs and lows. And when we have those highs and things are difficult, you're able to better deal with it if you have a better connection with yourself. So I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like that you said that, you know, we got to realize that this isn't a magic thing. It's just the more you get to know yourself and the more you're able to tell yourself the truth and the more that you're able to come back home to yourself, then it just becomes easier to navigate this reality. And you start to see the connection and everything. You start to see that even things that seem negative have a purpose. They're serving you. They're, they're a catalyst for your growth because everything is just trying to get you back home with this, your soul. Mm-hmm. That is where the depth, that, that, that thing that we're all in search of, right? That we're, we're searching through money, through sex, through relationships, which are all fun parts of being human and we should enjoy it but that deeper thing that we're all searching through those things is us is this is the soul Mm -hmm. and that's honestly so much confidence comes from when you're able my confidence has grew so much from just being able to get connected with my soul and know who I am and just love on myself so many so much confidence came from that and I think every woman deserves that anybody deserves that really you know, to have that confidence and being able to walk in rooms and know that you have something to bring to the table. A lot of us before, I felt like I had nothing to bring. It was just like, I was just, I was just going through the motions. And that's the worst feeling you can ever have. Just feeling like you're going through the motions with no purpose and nothing to really give. When I, when I did this work, I felt like I came into every room and everybody needed me. Okay. (laughs) I love that. That, that is so true. And I, it, 
that going through the motion. I feel like, I feel the same way. I honestly always used to say, and it's still my mantra, like if it wasn't for my spirituality, for this deep desire to connect to something bigger than myself, which is really my, my soul, right? Yeah. Um, I, number one, my desire to live wouldn't be as potent. I think that's what makes me wake up every day in the morning, but it's what truly gives me my confidence. Yeah. Like, I, I wake up with, com- like, the moment I started really feeling confident in my life, um, in my adolescence, was a moment that I really just embraced my spiritual side, and, and I just build that relationship with myself, because I was forced to go inside, and ever since then, I'm super grateful, because that is, that's where I get my confidence, yeah. Yeah, so. it fills you up, it fills you up every day. Yep, I love it. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me on the podcast, girl. You dropped so many gems, so many nuggets. I'm going to have to go back myself and write some things down because you're always dropping so much wisdom. And I know it's going to help so many women. And I try to speak on it as much as possible, but you really are an expert on this. Been doing it for how many years now have you been coaching through this? Girl, well, I'll be honest. Coaching, I've, I've professionally been coaching about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I paid for it. But I would say I've been doing this my whole life. Like I, I've been helping people since I was really young because it's just, it's a gift. I can't not help but <laughs> tune into people's stuff and then just start vomiting at the mouth <laughs> what I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, so you have a lifetime of, of uh, advice and wisdom. So I so appreciate it, you sharing it with my audience. I know they're going to gain so much from it. And I'm so grateful to have you as my mentor, my coach, and just as a friend, because you're just so amazing. And you really just have brought me out the other side and I couldn't do it without you. So thank you again. Love you so much, girl. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, girl. It's such a, such an honor. And I'm just so, so happy. So thank you. Thank you for having me on here, truly, honestly. Yes. And tell the people where they can find you. What's your Instagram, where, a website, where do you have any coaching? Yeah, definitely. You can find me on creatingwithin.com. That's my website. All my info's on there. My Instagram name's a little long, so... I'll leave it below. <laughs> leave it below. It's Stephanie Wolomowski. That's my married name. I, it's very long. Uh, dash, but she'll put it. But Creating Within, you can find me. Um, and then, yeah, I'm coaching. I, you know, I have my one-on-one practice, and I'm going to be launching soon in April, sometime like mid-April, a Coaching for Coaches program which I will be teaching um, how to coach, how to help other aspiring or current coaches coach in the emotional world from an intuitive perspective. And I'm also bringing a co-coach who deals with the subconscious mind. So that's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. So go check her out, you guys. You know, I always tag her, but I'll leave all her information below so you all can go follow her. And if you need, you found this very helpful and you feel like you need to do some of this inner healing, Uh, check out her website and see how she can help. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And as always, thank you so much for all the support. Don't forget to leave me a review and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I love you girls so, so, so much. Continue to shine, continue to kill it. And I will catch you on the next episode.